When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Monday, August 16th edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And, man, do we have some football to discuss. Preseason has been fun. Chris, have you enjoyed watching actual football over the last... However many days? Yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed a little bit of it. Uh, I've watched some. I've watched a lot of baseball. But, yeah, I'm, I'm watching some football, too. It's uh, Saturday was a lot of fun. The NFL Network, the way that they, you know, set these things up where it starts at noon and then runs all the way through the evening, it's, you know, you just turn it on NFL Network, and or at least one of the TVs. And I wish they would have played more today. So we recorded this on Sunday. Obviously, yeah. everybody knows that. Um, And today we have nothing. We have one game today at noon. Yeah, what was it? The Panthers and uh, somebody. I uh, can't Packers, remember. maybe. That sound. No, Packers were yesterday. I forget who it was, but I, either way, um, yeah, it's uh, Col- uh, Colts and Panthers. There we go. Oh yeah, Colts so, and Panthers. Which is which and is actually tied it's tonight. It's Sorry. tied eighteen to eighteen. So <laughs> as as it's going. So, but yeah, it, a lot of fun yesterday. Dolphins, Bears, Broncos, Vikings. You know, we got to see the battle for L.A. We got to see you know Browns, Jags. It, it was it was interesting. So I'm glad that football is back. I don't know we that we are... saw a battle for anything. <laughs> it's preseason. It was. There were some fans that were fired up, man. Fired up. I don't know how. I don't know how you could possibly get excited about some, this. Some some crazy woman saw a dude that was heated standing behind. She was standing behind like three lines of other dudes and threw a coke. Just bombed a coke at the dude, and he turned around swinging at the wrong folks. <laughs> I saw that video, yeah. and I thought, if I was one of those dudes and I'm supposed to be on her side, I'm turning around, and I'm, well, I'm, I'm taking out. that woman for a talking yep. to. Believe it. You're about that. to get my ass whooped because you want to throw something from three rows back. <laughs> we doing that shit. Oh, my God. Yes, it, it was entertaining. I'm glad that we have crowds back. I'm glad that we have, oh man, you yeah. know, all this. It, it makes it so much more enjoyable. This was, a, this was a good weekend for NFL preseason. We're not going to dive a bunch into that. I don't know how much you can exactly tell from preseason. We could talk about Justin Fields being great if we want to. but Can we? Know. Are we no, sure no. we can? Not really. I mean, sure he didn't play Because I saw some drives where he looked amazing. I also saw some drives where he looked like maybe the worst quarterback I've ever seen yes. in three plays in a row. So, let's – I'm not – not going to read too much into the bad. I'm also not going to read too much into the good. You can't ask me to turn the blinders off for the bad – and then just 
highlight everything perfect. Yes. Agreed. So we did see flashes of brilliance from a lot of different people across the league, and that's good for preseason. Let's see what happens here in, you know, a few weeks. We'll, we'll go with that. Before we get started on today's topics, winningcureseverything.com is the website. If you would do us a favor, go and subscribe everywhere that you need to be subscribed. If you've not subscribed to the podcast, please do so. We would certainly appreciate that and, uh, and leave a nice five-star review. That certainly helps things out. But yeah, you can find everything, the YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit subscribe. Like the video. Of course, those likes help out. It, it boosts it up the YouTube algorithm, and that helps us out as well. But yeah, go ahead and knock that out. The numbers have been uh, skyrocketing now that we are getting closer to football, and we appreciate you guys that are paying attention and that are watching. So winningcureseverything.com is the site. I do a college football show for BetUS. Chris does a college football show for sportsbookreview.com, along with our buddy Sam from the Westlot Pirates. You can find the links to both of those in the description below, both in the podcast feed and on YouTube. So go ahead and subscribe to those. Chris does a show Tuesday, Saturday. I do a show uh, Wednesday, Thursday. So we're not overlapping. You can see all of them live all at the same time. So go ahead and check it out. Subscribe to those. The show brought to you by BetUS.com. It is where the game begins. Use the promo code. You can find it in the description below. NCAAF2021. It's going to give you a 125% deposit bonus. I'm telling you, they got it. They got everything for you. You can gamble on everything over there. And the odds are great. Like, we trust them. I've used them since I was 21 years old. That's, what, 17 years? That's a long time. So, I highly recommend that you go check them out. The promo code, again, NCAAF2021, 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. And that is exclusively a bonus for sports gambling. So, go and check it out. The link is in the description below to check it out. BetUS.com, where the game begins. And we will begin with the Pac-12 Big Ten ACC Alliance. Now, Chris, this came across on Friday evening. It broke by uh, Max Olson, uh, Matt Fortuna, and Nicole Auerbach over at The Athletic. They were the ones that had the first details on this. Adam Rittenberg came out with a few more things afterwards over at ESPN, and then everybody took off with it. 247, CBS, blah, 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 blah. This is interesting because when you see Alliance, you immediately hear, or you immediately think, scheduling alliance, right? So you're thinking, okay, so these three are getting together. Well, that that leaves out the Big 12 and the SEC. So what are those two leagues going to end up doing going forward? But this was really nothing to do with scheduling. It might lead to scheduling in the future, but the the whole thing here is George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, Jim Phillips, the new ACC commissioner, and Kevin Warren, the new Big 10 commissioner, all of these Less than two years on the job, right? Kevin Warren started last year in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Jim Phillips just started as the ACC commissioner, um, took over for uh, uh, John Swafford. And uh, who else? George Klyovkov just took over in July. So these guys are baby fresh, brand new, trying to figure this whole thing out. And basically what they're doing is forming a voting alliance so that when there are issues that come up, such as the college football playoff expansion, the in change of NCAA governance, uh, just everything. This is a shot at the SEC. This gives them 41 votes. If they all decide to align together, 41 votes to the SEC's 16. And poor Bob Bowlesby, this ain't no good for him. 
right? Because his guys are not even involved in this. They, they don't even look at him as a Power 5 conference anymore. That will let you know the future of the Big 12 right now. They're not even involving him. The Big 12 is nowhere near this. So we had talked a, a couple of weeks ago about a Big 12, Pac-12 alliance, and Klyovkov is like, mm, I don't know if I want to get involved with that. So this whole thing is strange. Very strange that they would start talking about this right now. What were your thoughts when you when you first heard about this? I really don't like the voting alliance thing at all. I think individual schools, not just conferences, should vote their best interest. I believe that. I believe that in voting nationally. I believe that you as a person should do what is best for you. You should vote in your best interest every time. I don't like party lines. I don't like this because you tend to have to now compromise a lot of who you are and a lot of what's best for you to appease the party. This is what this is. I In no world in which this is going to be beneficial for Oregon State or Rucker or any of these smaller schools because they're now disenfranchised to vote in their best interest and now have to vote for what's best for USC and Ohio State. Yes. Congratulations. This uh, is what you've got. Matt Fortuna, staff writer for The Athletic, the question was, why would the three conferences do this? It says, on Tuesday, the NCAA announced the formation of a constitution committee with the hopes of expediting a proposed governance model. It is there in voting power where an alliance among the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 would really show those three conferences' power, 41 votes to the 16 of the expanded SEC. Phillips, who was announced as one of the 23 members of the Constitution Committee, has told ADs that strength comes in numbers, not in one conference stacking the deck. This is where the real difference could come for these three conferences. All right, so these are... When it comes to formalities and, and you know, playoffs and all this stuff, or, or the number of teams, whatever, I don't like this. But as long as it stays there and it stays off the field. And this is what I'm talking about. Right now, our Final Four is selected by a group of people who basically vote on who they think should be the four best teams. Is this now going, are we going to see ACC, Big Ten, and Big Pac-12 schools helping to push one another to the top, basically weeding out anybody that's not one of them unless they just have an overwhelming resume that that can't be argued with. The other thing, Heisman Trophy, is nothing but votes, and it's done by writers, yes, but also former winners who tend to vote party lines. We saw years and years ago, Tim Tebow did not win his second Heisman when had everybody in the country voted him not first. He was obviously the best player in the year that year. It wasn't close, by the way. I yeah. think the difference between him and Sam Bradford and, and, and uh, what was it, Case Keenum, I, not Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, yeah. I, I don't I don't think was close. I think he was significantly better than those other two, all right? But but he was not just not picked third for all those. He was left off the ballot for Graham Harold by all of the Big 12 voters and all of the Big 10 voters. Big 10 voters didn't want anybody other than Archie Griffin to be a two-time winner, and the Big 12 was obviously invested in one of the Big 12 winning it. Had he got third-place votes... And, and not first place or second place, just third place votes by all the people that left him off their ballot for political reasons only because there's no world where you could make Graham Harrell better than him. 
he would have won in a landslide. He would have won in a damn landslide. So this is my issue is now, are you going to see awards and um, the right to compete for the championship now going to uh, teams that don't necessarily deserve it and teams that do deserve it more often than not getting left out? It's going to be interesting. This is basically politics involving themselves in football. Right. Yes. Foot politics are it, taking over football. It's everything. It's everything I hate about politics too. It is. I'm compromising what's best for me, so I can do what's best for the big boys involved. And I hate everything about it. I hate everything about it. The good Wake Forest is going to sell their soul to help Clemson and Florida State and the big boys of their conference. Yes. The good news about this is it looks like the Power Five leagues are not going to poach Big Twelve members. So, maybe that's good. But I don't know what it means for the Big 12 going forward when they're not even included in this. You know, I I don't know what to make of that. If you were all trying to get back at the SEC, wouldn't you want the league that had been done wrong by the SEC? And, And not that we're saying that what the SEC did was wrong. I think anybody would have done that in that situation. But it it seems like you would want to include the Big 12 at the table if you were trying to get at the SEC, right? The issue with that is, Gary, is none of the teams left have enough clout or pool to be worth taking on. That They're worth it to, to you know, basically what, what I think the best thing that could ever happen out of this is you take the best of the Big 12, not all the Big 12, take the best of the Big 12, and maybe all of them, I guess, and, and the best of the American and the Sun Belt and you find a way to merge that together. Or the Mountain West, same thing. You you find a way to get 16 top teams out of there, um, and, and that's their only co- way of competing at a power level. If they were to do that, if you were to take the top-tier teams from all of those conferences and find a way to build a, a conference, I do think you could legitimately consider it a power conference. They would not have an Alabama, a Clemson, Ohio State at the top but everything in the middle would not just be able to compete with everybody else. They would absolutely have a shot at beating everybody else from top to bottom. Yeah, I think I, I believe that you're right. I believe you're right on that. This, this whole thing is interesting. It, we did talk earlier about scheduling. Uh, it, the specifics on how a scheduling pack might work remain unclear. Uh, but again, the alignment here is for voting purposes, basically so that the SEC does not just take over. And while there is a part of me that believes that that's good, there is also a part of me that believes "Mm, this could get squirrely really quick. So we'll see what ends up happening. This is not uh, officially announced. It's not formalized. Yeah, no, no. This is just a handshake agreement. But here's the thing. The first time somebody gets their throat cut, it all goes away. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing in real politics. The first time somebody does something to the benefit of Ohio State and the detriment of USC – the people out west are going to get rip shit pissed, and they're going to not take it. And, and, and now everything goes away. Or something happens between the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and it cuts Clemson or Miami out of something. Then that's when you're going to have big problems. Oh, yes. Oh, I can yes. see the Pac-12 and the Big Ten staying together because they've been together with the 
the Rose Bowl. They think that's the greatest bowl that's ever been invented. And then, of course, there was uh, uh, the COVID stuff last year where they both canceled their season within. That's right. They they, they basically went hand in hand. Whatever the Big Ten did, the the you know the Pac-12 just followed followed the, the you know the leader and and went was it's almost like they didn't think for themselves at all. That is another said, oh. thing I want to bring up is the, you know, we, we're having spikes in this country with COVID and everything else, right? And I would like to believe that we are smart enough to know that it doesn't mean that you have to cancel everything. But if we get to a point where students come back on campus, because across the country, they should be coming back within the next couple of weeks. If students come back to campus, things go haywire like they did. Remember, it was down to the Big 12 last season. The Big 12 had to decide that they were going to play because the ACC and the SEC were going to play, but they wanted that third. So they wanted it to be a majority. And the Big 10 and the Pac-12 were aligned. They said, yep, we're out of here. Like, we are not doing this. Does it come down to, well, now that the Big 10 is the big fish in the alliance with the ACC and the Pac-12, does the Big 10 just get to decide everything that's going on? Because we saw last year, that I don't know how much we should trust Kevin Warren with making gigantic decisions. It's not just that. Let's let's say the the Big Ten makes that decision, and the Pac-12 follows suit, just like like the good little soldiers that they are. And because of the relationship that the new ACC commissioner has with the Pac, the Big Ten, um, coming from there, he wants to do it. But Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and North Carolina tell him, "Hey, bro." We hired you. We're playing football, and and you can go back up north if you want. But we're going to stay down here. We're going to play football. And now now we got a different conversation altogether. Yeah, because then we don't now, have an alliance Now we've at got all. one where the commissioner wants to do one thing, and the big boys that pay the commissioner's salary want to do something else. And what happens there? Do they have enough pull and clout to get that guy fired and just say, hey, man, we got buyer's remorse. We'd like out of this deal. Whatever we owe you, we'll pay you. Move on, and we'll, we'll find somebody else. Then that alliance goes bye-bye. Because I'm going to tell you this, that new AD might want to follow the Big Ten. I do not believe there's any way on earth you're going to get Clemson, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Miami, Florida State to buy into that. And those are your four or five biggest schools. That's, you're, you're 100% right. I'm very we, curious. No, no, nobody in the ACC cares at all that Boston College might not want to play. That's that true. Syracuse might want to play. They they do not care at all about that. About what those guys want. Do you want to be in the ACC or not? Because if you don't, doors right there. Yeah. Because yeah. we'll go, we'll go pick up Memphis tomorrow. We'll go pick up Cincinnati tomorrow. We'll go pick up West Virginia tomorrow. Well, they should be better like, at football and basketball than we were with you. They showed that they can pick up a team to be in their conference for one season. I mean, Notre Dame did it. And they do like, it quick. They yes. get those, no, and I don't think it'd be I don't think it'd be a one season thing. I think it would be a thing where we're breaking contracts, baby. If you want to stop us from playing and we want to play, I think this is where you, these big money schools that have unlimited funds have no problems just setting money on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Not not for the principal, not for the principal where they think it, we're going to play and you're not going to stop us from playing. So yeah. I'm curious to see what the athletic director would do. Or what the conference the commissioner would do. I mean, yeah, what the yeah. conference commissioner would do if we get into a situation where things are bad 
and we want to start shutting back down. But football says, okay, well, we're going to play. We're going to do another COVID year just like we did last year. We already know how to do this. And, you know, the Big Ten says, nope, we learned from our lesson last year. We don't want to do that. Pac-12 says we're following them. And the ACC says, nope, we're not. Now the alliance is busted. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Eric Gilbert, or is it Arik? Did we? Did it's we, Eric. No, it's Eric. it's okay. pronounced Eric. He's just got a, a different spelling. Okay, so it's Eric Gilbert. He is away from Georgia for quote personal issues. Now, let me read the statement here from Kirby Smart. Eric is dealing with some personal issues. We love him. Our thoughts and prayers are with him now, and we hope to get him back soon. We have talked quite a bit about Eric Gilbert ever since last year. Remember oh no, it's been like it's yeah. been like nine months, man. Oh yeah, it, so he that sat guy's out, been on four different teams in nine months. He sat out the end of the LSU season. The last That's two right. games, he start he started the season. Yeah, he started the season. The of, sat out in the middle of the season. Got all the way through until the last two games that they won: the Florida game and the Ole Miss game. That they they ended up winning without him. But he sat out those two games, decided he was going to transfer, had some talks with Coach O, decided to transfer anyway, went to Florida, announced he was committing to Florida, went to Florida, left Florida by summer. two weeks? Yeah, about two weeks. Then he went back to Baton Rouge and started having some conversations with Coach O again. And then out of nowhere, boom, he is staying home because he's from Georgia Kirby Smart got him picked up by June 1st. He was on campus going through summer classes and whatnot, and he has taken all of his summer classes and apparently has done well. He has earned recognition for his work in the classroom. His summer workouts were great. He began preseason camp with the program, but he left the team sometime this past week. He was the number five overall prospect, number one tight end in the uh, industry-generated 247 sports composite. This is a completely unmitigated disaster. I, I don't know. And, and it's all been it. brought on by him, by the way. So, so I went He hasn't through. dealt with an injury. No, this no injuries. Not, I've got, like, he hadn't really gotten in trouble outside of just wasn't doing his schoolwork, yeah. uh, which, is, which is why he had to leave LSU and couldn't get into Florida uh, because he just wasn't academically able to play, we think. We, yeah, but we don't know that. Apparently, everything was no, great no, no. at Georgia. So, we, like, it was all rumors. Go, hang on. But, but he had to go to Georgia and take all those summer classes to get eligible. He didn't do that for fun. He didn't do that to get caught up but on they, his schoolwork. They didn't say that it was to get eligible. Like, this is all still rumor. I understand but, that. Uh, I, I'll tell you this. I watched... How many times in life has rumor been true? Uh, quite a few. Quite a few. Okay. Where there's smoke, there's fire, right? My wife and I watched Man on the Moon last night. You remember that movie? Jim Carrey, the Andy Kaufman story, all that good stuff. And... It was one of the most heartbreaking parts of the movie, which, spoiler alert, if you have not seen it, at the end of the movie, he is diagnosed with lung cancer, and nobody believes him because he's joked around so much that nobody believes, like, what's true and what's not. Like, they don't know what's real. And in this situation, maybe there is something serious that is going on, and it could be a family thing. He could have lost a, a family member. There could be any number of things, but... When he you get be your chain yanked, stuff himself. That's yeah. bad. Yes, that's when you good. when you get your chain yanked so many times, when he has left LSU, but then was going to come back to LSU, and then went to Florida, but then left Florida before he ever even went through workouts or anything, and then goes to Georgia, but now he's we're in the middle of training camp, getting ready for the season, and the season kicks off in you know three weeks or whatever. 
and now you've got this. I don't know if you get the benefit of the doubt anymore once you've done this so many times, right? So, so you don't. I, if he's got legit problems, he needs to get them taken care of, and I hope he gets them taken care of, and that's, that's fine. That's all clear. Let me ask you this. I openly fall in love with players really quickly, right? Yes, you do. Like I, you know that, right? Like I, I'm quick to fall in love with these guys, coaches, players. When you spark something in me, I'm in, and I get in the tank, and I'm all in. I found it interesting that Kirby Smart has known this man, known this young man, for like a month and a half, Okay. And all of a sudden, he, I, I'm, I love this kid, and I hope that he gets what. Well. Do you love him? Do you love him, or is that just bullshit? Like, what do you think if you've been around Kirby for four or five years and Kirby says he loves you too? Like, you love me the same way you love the guy that you've known for a week and a half? Because that kind of makes me feel like shit. Like, that makes me feel like you don't love me at all. Like, you, what? These are just words that you say, Kirby. Yeah, exactly how big is love. out of your mouth. I don't know what to make Kirby of this. Kirby didn't even know stuff. what he looks like. Couldn't pick him out in the lineup. He spent his entire summer in <laughs> class, probably taking online classes, which I'm, I commend. I did that. That's okay. They're easier to pass. Yeah. Somebody else can log in for you. That's okay. That's a good thing. Yeah, 100% thing. right. I'm not, listen, I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. It's how I got a degree. Not 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 hating on it. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I think Kirby it should just step away and say, he stepped away. He's got personal issues. He needs to get them straight, whatever. You don't have to defend him. You don't have to hide it. But to boast the kid up and to blow smoke up his ass ain't the way to do it. All right? Dan didn't blow smoke up his ass. O didn't blow smoke up his ass. They talked to him like he was an adult. They talked to him like he was a grown-up, and they helped him work through anything he had to work through, and he, he had to make whatever decision he had to make. And, and I hope that he eventually gets on the field because the kid is projected to be a monster. Yes. Okay? We've yet to see the monster. I'd like to see it. I, I agree. And what, and what you really hope for is in a year from now, he's, you know, this this dude, if he can produce this year and next, should be going into the NFL draft. But at some point in time, he's got to get on the field. We've got to see him perform. And then when he does go through the draft combine, all of this stuff is going to come up. At some point in time, he's yes. going to have to answer not to us and not to the media, but to 32 NFL teams, and he's got to explain to them what happened during this nine, ten-month period of his life. That Well, I guess going all the way back to when you walked out of LSU, and then how did LSU get so much better once you left? I do not believe in a, an addition by subtraction. I think we win those games with him and without him. I, I don't believe in that. I think he's a great talent. But I need to know as an owner, a GM, a president that's going to take you with a first-round pick, because that's where he's going, and a, a substantial salary, what happened? We need to see some kind of stability from him, and we haven't seen it yet. So we shall see. You think he'll be ready for week one, Georgia, uh, Clemson? No. That's sad. I because don't think this I, is, that's a game where he needs to be on the field. Agreed. He just got there in the summer, and I think you got a lot of guys that have been in that program. Now, I do think he's a monster, but if you're missing training camp, like... Yeah, no, I, I'm with no. you. Had he not missed this time, and he was there for the summer, and he was there every day, every week, all the way up until week one, There's they don't have another tight end that should start over him. They got yeah, some badass receivers. Washington. They got some talent. Like, 
I think well because he was going to be playing wide receiver like Washington was going to be their their tight end that I, I get six that. seven I get that. you know two hundred eighty pound monster like he's ah yeah, I think I think I think Eric Gilbert's special I oh think. he's absolutely special yes um and I think like if he can get back sometime this week maybe but yeah, he needs I, to get back quick I don't think you release a statement if he's oh, coming he, back I, like I, I, if he's gone for a few days there's no reason to give a statement right. You know, I mean, you literally just don't have to answer. It says he'll be back in a couple of days. He's dealing with some stuff. He'll be back in a couple of days. You don't have to go through the I love the kid and I hope he gets back. You don't have to do all that for somebody who's going to be gone for a long weekend. Yeah. That's not necessary. You are correct. You you say that for the guy that might be gone for a while. No, you Yes, that's my thought process. This sounds like he's not going to be back for a little bit. So I don't think he plays week one. Jack Cohn was named as the starter for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Brian Kelly released a tweet, and it was a statement that said, Jack Cohn will be our starting quarterback. All three quarterbacks distinguished themselves in the spring and preseason camp. Clearly, each has the skills necessary to lead, but Jack proved to be more consistent, and therefore, going into our opener gives us the best chance for success. Now, when he was at Wisconsin... He had 3,278 yards, 23 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and a 68% completion percentage in 22 games. I, I'm i a little curious about this. Now, they don't play until the Sunday right before Labor Day. They are the standalone game, Notre Dame, Florida State. There are instances where I believe that you want to go ahead and get your starter set early, get him the most reps with the ones, all that. In this situation, there are guys behind him that are immensely talented, and you and I are talking about this, you know, middle of August. You've got until, you don't have to give him all the first team reps between now and then. I think you might could have waited around a little bit. I'm curious your thoughts as to why they went ahead and announced him as the starter this early. Because I don't think the competition was close. That's why. Like, you have to try. A, I trust Brian Kelly. Okay. I trust Brian Kelly to know who the best player is and who's not. All right. Yeah. And I think, I think he saw Cone's the best guy. Well, then why am I going to ever give another one rep to anybody else? Okay. I'm not going to give somebody else the number one reps once I know the answer. As soon as you know the answer, make the decision to move on. Two, Let's not judge Jack Cohn on what we saw at Wisconsin because do you think his abilities were flushed out or brought out or, or, or you know, developed at Wisconsin anywhere close to Brian Kelly Kelly has the ability to do? Yeah, I, I see what you're talking about. Uh, uh, if Tommy. you put him under an offensive genius, an offensive-minded, you know, person – that, that knows what he's doing and knows what he's looking for in a quarterback, not just a leader. I I trust Brian Kelly has seen enough of this guy to say this guy can do everything I need him to do. You think the story. You think Tommy, so he transferred back in what, January? So he's had yeah, so he's almost had nine months. Last, all of the yeah, spring, I guess. With, uh, with Tommy Reese, the offense coordinator there. Maybe he can bring some more out of Jack Cohn than what we've seen. What we saw at Wisconsin was... Very run heavy. While I brought up all those stats, but that's, that's not a that's ton. What Wisconsin for, does exactly, exactly. Yes, I agree. You, I, I think I think Brian Kelly knows what he's doing. That's that's what I know, and and I think there's no reason to dick around. 
Why, why are we playing mind games with folks? There's no The only people you hurt when you're trying to play mind games is your own guys, okay? You're not That's wrong it. on that. I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree there. I just trust Brian Kelly, and if you think you're looking at Wisconsin stats and saying, why on, how is this guy the best guy on your roster? You haven't seen the best of what Jack Cohn can do. You just haven't because Wisconsin doesn't do that. None of the quarterbacks that have ever come out of Wisconsin was the very best they were at Wisconsin. Yeah, I could I could agree with that. Like Russell Wilson, we did not see that's right Russell Wilson at Wisconsin. Like he was nobody, he was good there. Nobody knew he was this good at Wisconsin because they run a different style of offense, and that's great. I love Wisconsin, and I love the style of offense they run, and I love watching it. I'm just telling you, it's it's not X's and O's genius. Okay, it's not made for an, a super athletic, very accurate, great quarterback. It's made for a dummy quarterback. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Let me talk right quick about Hunter Yurichich, the Arkansas AD. Did you see his tweet? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop it up. I'm putting it on the screen for people to be able to see. It says, a big thank you to Coach Sam Pittman for sharing video from today's scrimmage to validate I was indeed at the scrimmage and not on a motorcycle. And there's a video where a kid gets tackled, running out of bounds, and his foot swipes up and catches Hunter in the face and slashes his face, right? And it, I'm sure, I'm sure he has. <laughs> Mr. Yurich has several, either a black eye, a big bruise on his face, some some pretty gnarly marks on his face from a cleat. Very much so. So that whole thing, that is a dig at Bobby Petrino. For those that do not remember, back when Petrino was there, he was riding on a motorcycle with his mistress, who he also hired at the university. It's a disaster. Right, that whole thing, and the fact that he can come out and take a shot at an ex-coach that a lot of Arkansas fans still kind of love, but also think was an, a complete idiot. I love this. I like Savage ADs. I really do. So anytime I see something like this, we're probably going to talk about it because <laughs> I don't know that there's a ton of them that'll actually do that, right? Yeah, most of so, them are pretty quiet and pretty keep things close to the vest and, and, and don't talk a lot publicly anyway. Uh, and when they do, they usually say dumb stuff. I, I found this really funny. I found it entertaining. I I like I like this Arkansas team. And you know what? I appreciate that they have an AD that says I'm willing to I'm willing to go out here and I'm willing to hire a bunch of unconventional guys that nobody else wants to touch. Yes. Yes, indeed. You are correct about that. Finally. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We're going to talk about Tyler Gilbert. Make sure I've got my times written down. Tyler Gilbert threw a no-hitter 
for the Arizona Diamondbacks against the Padres, who have been outstanding and did it in his first MLB start ever. Now, on its face, the story sounds fantastic. Oh my gosh, this young kid throws his first no-hitter, and it's in his first action, like his first start in Major League Baseball. da 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 And then you dive in, and not that I want to crap on him or anything like that. I'm not. Uh, he's the first to do it in his first MLB start since Bobo Holloman in 1953 for the St. Louis Browns. That'll tell you how long that go that was. And, and before that, it was guys in the 1800s. So, like, this does not happen. But when I first saw the headline, it, that, that was my thought process. This guy's really young. This is amazing. I can't believe he did this his first time out. And not quite so much. He went to, uh, he went to high school in, what is it, San Fernando Valley, and then went to, uh, sorry, San Lorenzo Valley, then went to Santa Barbara City College in 2013-2014. In 2015, he went to USC, and he got drafted by the Phillies in 2015. So he has been in the league for quite some time, doing minor league, this and that, and he has come in in relief work. Yeah. He's, He's never got called up to the show yep. except for relief work. He's never actually had a start. Exactly, and this was his first start, which is still unbelievable. So this whole thing was insane. I'm just like, <laughs> the guys that did it before him, uh, St. Louis Browns, Ted Breitenstein, Breitenstein, which was October of 1891, and then Cincinnati's Bumpus Jones in October of 1892. And then after that, it was Bobo Holloman, May of 1953, and now you got Tyler Gilbert. This pretty awesome story, man. I don't know that the, the Diamondbacks have been, you know, outstanding this season, but this was, I mean, to do it against the Padres is even more incredible because they, I mean, this was a star-studded lineup that he pitched against. This was not just some run-of-the-mill, it's it's the eighth no-hitter this season, but to do it against that lineup, it's kind of a big deal, right? Like You know about yeah, the Padres. That's right. No, I love the Padres. I've, yeah, I've been all over them this year. The, the last month and a half has been ripping my heart out. Um, this is the first no-hitter without the sticky stuff, too. That's yeah. That's a very think, valid point. I think that I think that matters. I think there's a reason we saw a bunch of them early, and then we took the sticky stuff away, and batting averages went up, and the runs scored went up, and all this stuff started happening. Baseball is starting to change, and then this kid comes out here, has a day like none other. Uh, it was pretty impressive. It was really cool to watch. I, I saw it. His dad in the stands. Yeah, that was his cool. dad. His dad reminds me of me. When I'm alone without thousands of other people around and a camera on me where I'm really excited about something, but I don't know really how to act, but I know <laughs> I have to do something to get this energy out. I watched that video of his dad, and that's what I thought. I was like, oh, that guy's weird and uncomfortable, too. The difference is, is there's no camera in my house watching me. <laughs> there's nobody else around. But, like, he was so excited for his son but he kind of didn't really know how to respond physically. It just looked yeah. very uncomfortable, looked very awkward, <laughs> and it looked right at home for myself. It, it did make sense. It was good video. Go and search yeah. for it if you haven't. Of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can just hit that search bar, but it is fantastic. So just, just search out Tyler Gilbert's dad, and, yeah. and you'll well, find big it. Moment, big moment. It was a, it's still a cool story, even though he's been a relief pitcher and kind of bounced around the minors for, you know, 
uh, over a decade now, or almost a decade. You know, it's been a long time. I guess no, six years. What am I doing? I can't do math now. <laughs> See, I make fun of an old guy, and, it, and now I, I it can't does do feel really old. It, I, I didn't even realize that we got a text message the other day from guys that we went to high school with, and our twenty-year anniversary is this fall, right? Our twenty-year uh, uh, high school reunion is this fall, not anniversary. But I, I saw it and was like, that can't be right. Like there's well, something. Yeah, it is. We're old. We're, we're, we're really, really old. old. Like, <laughs> would have never imagined. Never imagined. All right, you ready to jump into some NFC previews? Yeah. NFC North is where we are jumping. We are going to start off with the Chicago Bears. Now, let me get my my notes here. I feel like I'm probably going to need glasses with all these old eyes here pretty soon. But the Chicago Bears win total sits at seven and a half. To go over, minus 110. To go under, minus 120. To win the division, they are plus 550. To win the NFC, plus 3,300. Uh, you bet on that, I feel like you would probably just be burning cash. I, that's how I feel right now. But to make the playoffs, yes, is plus 165. No, is minus 200. They are projected favorites in four out of 17 games. And their projected strength of schedule, right dead in the middle, 15th most difficult, uh, 17th easiest etc etc they pushed last season they've had six unders and one over in the prior seven seasons uh i mean they got they got a lot of tackle issues right now we did see over the weekend that they signed jason peters i don't know necessarily what that means but okay uh the offense ranked 24th and 27th in epa the last two seasons fields could probably fix that single-handedly if he gets the job uh, the Bears ranked last in the NFL in third down conversions over expected. Fields' legs alone could probably fix that this season. So, Foles and Trubisky ranked 6th and 10th in PFF's turnover-worthy throws. I I mean, it can't really get much worse than that. Of course, I brought up in, in our prior episode, it can always get worse, but I don't foresee that. Uh, they are facing the toughest set of opposing offenses this season, or at least projected offenses. The road schedule is brutal. The defense replacing Kyle Fuller with Desmond Trufant is a significant downgrade. I I am going under the 7.5. I want them to be good. I want them to be really good because I like the Bears. But I don't see it this season. I think that this is the, the rebuild towards next year. And I don't know if they don't hit... Seven and a half. If they don't break that, I don't know that Matt Nagy's going to be there next season. How do, how do you feel about him? So I, I I feel very conflicted about this team. I think they're going to be okay. I don't think they're going to be bad. I don't think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be somewhere right in the middle. Seven and a half is the number. As a bet, it's a complete stay away. But I wrote down on my sheet, eight and nine. So... That means it, it, for for our purposes here, I gotta go over. Um, I, I think Fields is gonna be a massive upgrade to who I actually think Andy Dalton is a massive upgrade to what they had at quarterback last year. All right, I just do. I think this offense is gonna be better. Um, I still believe in Khalil Mack. I still believe in Roquan Smith. I still think they have maybe. One of the, not the best, because there are a couple of other that, as soon as I said that, are coming to my mind. They've one of the best one-two punches at the linebacker position than anybody in the league. Um, I think they're going to play some teams, and and 
I looked through this schedule. They're going to be some teams that they're going to beat just because they're old historic games. Like, do I think the Packers are better than them? Yes, a lot better than them. Do I think they can win a game against the Packers in Chicago? Sure. Like, will they? Probably not. Maybe. They won't be favored to win it. But if they win that game, would it surprise me? No. I think there's a couple of games like that. I also think there's a couple of the teams in this division that I do believe are bad. And, and you know, that that helps you juice a couple of victories. Um, you know, but I could use the same logic for those teams beating the Bears as well. Yes. Like, could could the Lions win the game against Chicago in Detroit? Yeah, I don't think they'll be favored to, but could they win that? Sure. Um, I got eight and nine, man. I've got them at six wins. So, like, I believe that Justin Fields will be improved. I don't think that they run with him right out of the gate, although there is an argument that they probably should. But also, you don't want to get him out there and, and get him live bullets and get his confidence down, right? Like, we've, we've been through this talk with rookie quarterbacks all the time. I do think they are much more prepared for the NFL game these days as opposed to in the past. But I, I think this team is going to struggle some. They, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. So, I, I, I hope. Now. I think that confidence thing is a, is a myth, man. Because with that logic, Peyton Manning should have been a bust. Because True. he came out and he got his ass kicked. And he played like shit. And he was terrible. All right? Not everybody is going to be David Carr. Okay, who's just terrible from jump and never, never can 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 outrun the quicksand. All right, not everybody's that. We've got synopsis where the guy is really good, and we got synopsis where the guy ends up being really bad. All right, this happens. Okay, is Fields going to be mature enough and strong enough to to withstand the woes? I think he can. I think he will. But if if Fields comes out and is as expected as advertised, what everybody on draft night was talking about. What do you think the ceiling for this team is? You think they could win 11, 12? No, no, no. no. Even even if he's that good, I still think the best, the ceiling is 9 and 8. I, I would give him one more win than I've got him. Because the NFL is really hard, and I don't think this roster is great. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. You ready to move on? Yeah. The Detroit Lions. And who? MCDC, Motor City Dan Campbell. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I'm a fan. Let's go through the odds. Of course, odds brought to you by BetUS.com, where the game begins. Link down in the description. Go ahead and check it out. Wins four and a half. To go over is minus 140. To go under is plus 110. To win the division, plus 1,800. You bet on that, you're probably setting your money on fire because this is a team that is in tank mode. Uh, plus 7,500 to win the NFC. To make the playoffs, just to make the playoffs, even as a wild card, they are plus 500. To not make the playoffs is minus 900. They are a projected favorite in zero games. They are not projected to be a favorite in a single game. They have the sixth most difficult schedule in the league this year. Three straight win total unders, all of those coming under Matt Patricia. They've won just eight games by more than three points since 2018. That is the worst in the NFL. They traded Stafford. They brought in Goff, but there's Basically, no skill weapons. They lost their top three receiving threats to free agency last year. They are ranked dead last in defensive DVOA last season. But I would expect some secondary improvement. I think uh, year two with Jeff Okuda should be better than what they were in year one because he was, oh, that was that was bad. Um, and then they've got Corn Elder coming in 
and I think that's going to be good. I think I think he's okay. Uh, the offensive line is the strength here. You know, they've got uh, Decker, uh, Ragno, and uh, uh, Panay Sewell, the draft pick. Goff, historically, plays better from a clean pocket, so that is good. But again, it, not a ton of weapons. You're going to have to develop some guys there. They are facing the fourth toughest schedule, including, uh, and that's that's for uh, projected win totals. Fourth toughest schedule, including cold environments late. If you look at the schedule, this is a dome team that's going to be playing outside at Green Bay, uh, you know, in Denver, in Pittsburgh, et cetera, late. So, and this team is clearly in tank mode. So with the win total at four and a half, which is super low, if they get late in the season and you have got a shot to get that number one pick, do they even field a competent team down the stretch? I don't know. Obviously, we don't. The NFL does not like to talk about teams tanking, but we know right. that it happens. I, I'm curious. I'm going to go under here. I, they're not projected to win a single game, and while I do like Dan Campbell, I think it's going to take a little bit of time to build the culture that he wants because I do think Matt Patricia, which I thought was going to be a good hire, he left a mess. That place is yeah. a disaster. So the the place that I. Dan Campbell, if he wants to be successful, he's going to have to be Brian Flores. Yes. And if he's Brian Flores with changing that culture and getting these guys to play hard and to play tough, even in spite of the fact that they just don't have talent, um, they're going to rattle off some wins and we're both going to be wrong here. I've got them at four and, and, and 13. And, and so that would be an under, but at the same time, as a bet, it's a stay away just because there, there's a world where he gets these guys fired up to win five games. He gets these guys fired up to where, you know, the front office is trying to lose games. And, and you know, the 53 men that are going to take the field on Sunday take advantage of that and they are, are take offense to that. And and Dan Campbell uses that as motivation, takes advantage of it. And, and he shows them, hey, man, those guys in the office don't believe in you. Give them a reason to believe. Or embarrass the shit out of them and take the draft pick away from them. How about you do that? Yeah, yeah, that could be that could be something. I I could see it. I've, we've never seen it before until Flores. So the fact that I just think Dan Campbell will come in and do what Brian's done, not it's not that easy. It's not that easy at all. But there's a world where I think they could get to five wins. Is why there's no way on earth I'd bet the under. I did, but yeah, in our, in our picks, I'm picking the under. Yeah, I'm picking the under as well. I I like to think that they would, but we have seen zero and sixteen teams before. At, I don't know that they'll be the first to go 0 and 17, but I I do think there's a chance that they I might not Brian, have a lot no, of wins. I think I think golf is better than that. Listen, we yes, is golf is golf a great quarterback? No. Is golf deserving of the massive contract that he got? Absolutely not. All right. Is golf the worst quarterback in this league? Hell no. No, not he's even, not the not worst. Even close, not even a little bit. Okay. But he was and still so, like it, there were there were years in Los Angeles where he was still middle of the pack, even with Sean McVay. So, what's he going to be like in this offense? Middle of the pack. Lower end of the middle of the Lower pack. Lower end of the middle of the pack. So bottom, well, bottom. And some of the, hang on now, some of that's because he's just got no weapons either. I mean, well, yeah. who, who's he throwing the ball to? Exactly. Like, how are they going to score? All right, without Googling anything, name a receiver on this team. I can't. I can't either. I can't. 
when, I, when we started this, I almost started looking guys up. No, I, I, I almost was looking. started looking guys up. And you know what? I said, I'm not going to do it because I'm going to be honest on the show. I don't. Today, right now, Sunday, we just watched preseason, and I don't know a single receiver for Jared Goff to throw the ball to. Hold on. I was just looking at this yesterday, and I feel now like you're a, gonna look a it buffoon. Up. I got to look it up now because I, I was thinking Quez Watkins was on this team, but I know he's not. Um, I'm about to say, no, he's not. I know for a fact he's not. No, it's a, that was the first one that came to my head, but I know that that's not right. So, uh, let's see. Looking at teams, we are pulling up the Detroit Lions depth chart. I'm in the middle of multiple fantasy drafts going on right now. Here we go. And I don't know, outside of Swift, I don't know a single skill player for the it's, Lions. It's Quintez Cephas that I was thinking of, the uh, the guy that played at Wisconsin. So he's one. Brashard Perryman, Tyrell Williams. Uh, they drafted Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Damian Ratliff, uh, Chad Hansen, Victor Bolden, Khalif Any Raymond. running backs other than uh, DeAndre other than Swift? Swift. Uh, they, they, they've got Jamal Williams and Jamar Jefferson, you remember the kid from Oregon State, like the the small oh, yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah, got him. I liked him at Jefferson. Okay, like I think the running game is going to be okay. I just, man, I think the running game is actually going to be okay too because I think they're going to run the football a lot just to keep the other team from scoring a bunch. They they did draft Sage Surratt at or maybe not draft. He might have been an undrafted free agent, but either way, the kid from Wake Forest, like he's he's really good. But they've got him listed as a fourth string guy. So I, I listen. They're no not weapons. Gonna be good. They're not going to be good at football, but they're not supposed to be right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's we'll, a, this we'll is just see mode. how this works out. I there's a world where they don't win a game. I, I don't want that to happen. I, I don't either. My team has happened. It's happened to this franchise before. It's happened to my team. It's not a fun thing. Everybody, this game is so hard, and these guys all work so hard to get a win is important. Hey, by by the way, we didn't talk much about it when it happened. But the firing of Jim Caldwell, how dumb does that look when you are looking at, at what happened with Patricia and everything else? Like, this is a franchise of, that has yeah, been... one of the worst firings ever. He he made it to the playoffs twice. In his last season, he went 9-7 and seven and just barely missed the playoffs and got fired. Their, their problem has always been their personnel, the way they build this team. Yes. It's not, it's not coaching. Jim Caldwell was not the problem or not the answer. They they just didn't put a team around him. That's it. And if Caldwell made decisions on personnel, then he deserved to be fired because that team was not good. Like they, they were winning they were, because he was a really good coach. Yeah, they were better under him than they have been. But under everybody. But, no, yeah. 100%. Yeah, you, you got that right. All right, moving on. little Aaron Rodgers talk. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on Aaron Rodgers, but the Green Bay Packers. Go ahead and run through their odds. Of course, again, brought to you by BetUS.com, where the game begins. Link in the description. Use the promo code NCAAF2021. Win total sits at 10.5. That has gone up because Aaron Rodgers actually showed up at camp. Uh, it, it was at 9. It sat at 9 forever, and now it's at 10.5. To go over is minus 130. To go under is plus 100. Uh, to win the division, minus 175. That is number one. That's the shortest odds. NFC, plus 550. And to make the playoffs, they don't have that option. This is the only team in the NFL that they don't have the option as to whether or not they will make the playoffs uh, as an odd. So, projected well, favorite Because they've got negative odds to win the division. They're probably the only team that has that. If you win the division, you get into the playoffs. You get into the playoffs, yeah. 
the projected favorites here, uh, they are projected to win nine games right now. So, uh, projected strength of schedule, 13th most difficult. So, kind of middle of the pack, somewhere around about there. They have had two straight win total overs with Matt LaFleur as the coach, but they had four straight unders prior to that under Mike McCarthy. Win total has grown, again, like I said, from nine to ten and a half. Uh, they lost in the NFC, uh, NFC title game two straight seasons. They were first last year in offensive DVOA, EPA per play, and red zone touchdown percentage in 2020. That's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good considering, you know, what we thought they had at receiver and everything else. The loss in the playoffs was due to um, due to multiple breakdowns from Kevin King in the secondary. Like, it's tough to blame it all on one guy, but it was multiple breakdowns where he just missed guys and it went for scores. That could be improved upon with their first-round draft pick, which was Eric Stokes. You know, night of the draft, we're going, they don't need a cornerback, they need receivers and... Eh, when you see what happened in the NFC title game, that kind of makes sense, right? LaFleur has proven to be very aggressive. Uh, it's paid off. He ranked number one in fourth down aggressiveness last season. Now, he didn't do that in the NFC title game, of course, but over the speed, over the season, it's paid off. Uh, PFF's top-ranked offensive line in 2020, however, they lost center uh, Lindsley and the right tackle Wagner. Uh, defense ranked 27th in pressure rate last season, but they were number two in sack rate. Like, that is absurd to only really pressure, like, rush the quarterback the 27th most in the league, but have the second most sack rate. Like, that is absolutely absurd. I don't know that that's sustainable, but they've they've done pretty well in that regard over the last two seasons. They might just be fantastic at this. I, I'm going to go over here. I don't feel great about it, but I also know that under LaFleur, this team and, and Aaron Rodgers coming out, you know, what do you always say, rip shit pissed? Like, I think that he is still fired up as long as he is the quarterback and Matt LaFleur is the coach. They've won 13 in two straight seasons. I expect them to do the same. I think they're going to go over the 10 and a half. And I, it, some of these numbers do not make sense to me, but that's the way that I'm going to go with this. I think it's the smart play. I got him 10 and 7. It's not an insult. It's not a knock. It I knew it. I knew as soon as we talked. I knew you were going to have him under. Hey, if the number was still nine and a half, I'd be over. If the number okay. was nine and a half, I'd be over. The number changed. I didn't change. The number moved. You, I didn't move. You wouldn't, I didn't move. You wouldn't have gone back and found another loss. No, I wouldn't have. No, I wouldn't have. Because I'm not, I'm not so dumb to not give this guy 10 wins. I'm not. I'm not a hater. I don't like the guy. No, I understand where you're but, coming from. But I'm, from. I'm honest about him being really good at football. I think there's going to be some regression to the means with some of these stats. I think this team yeah. wins a lot of one-score games late. And and to say that the ball doesn't bounce weird the other ways for somebody else one or two times, they won't regress two or three games, that's insane. That's just insane. Yeah. The, the I, don't, schedule. I don't think this team is going to be as good this year as they were last year. That's the schedule it. does look a little bit terrifying, but when you when you break into it, like at New Orleans, that first game, historically we look at that as that's probably a loss. Except no, this year, I don't need more. I not. don't need more. Yeah. We, we, New Orleans is not good. They're not good at football team, and they're they're getting the Steelers at home, which I don't think the Steelers are going to be very good this year. You know, yeah. they've got the oh, uh, the a lot football of things team are going to break their way. Yeah, they always do. 
So you look at it. I mean, they, they get Cleveland at home. They got Baltimore on the road. They get the Rams at home. Uh, they play at Kansas City. Like, there's there's spots here and there. There's going to be some primetime matchups. I, this is there are losable games. There's a lot of win, or a lot of winnable games as well. And yeah, I could I could see them winning ten for sure. I've got them winning twelve, but that's me. Like I, I just I know that for whatever reason, when a trend like this there, is going this. on, I follow it. This this division is not good. This division is not good at all. The chances of them coming out of here and sweeping this division, do you think they're going to sweep the division? No. For your 12 wins, do you have them losing a divisional game? I've got them losing one. Okay. I think, the I, think there's a world where, I think there's a world where they could lose two games, two divisional games. I don't know which two they are. I think they could lose three. Going, going undefeated in your division is really hard. Like, it just doesn't happen. I mean, so, they, they have trouble know, with those teams when they suck all the time. Like it, that's it. it it's, that's it. Yeah. These teams have been bad for a long time. People shit on Tom Brady for a long time. Okay, about the only reason the Patriots won all those games because the division sucked, and nobody said boo about the Packers playing the damn Lions every year, and the Vikings before the last five years, and the shitty Bears for the last three four years. Okay, <laughs> nobody said anything about that. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right, so you got them under. I got them over. Call your mama. Last one up, the Minnesota Vikings. And I got to sit and watch them for quite a while yesterday, which Patrick Sertan showed out for the Broncos, didn't he? Showed out. Now, let's go on through the ads. Again, brought to you by BetUS.com, where the game begins. Link down in the description along with the promo code. Go ahead and check that out. Nine wins is their win total for the season. To go over, minus 125. To go under is minus 105. To win the division, it's number two, plus 225. To win the NFC, they are plus 2,000. To make the playoffs, minus 105. And to not make the playoffs, they are minus 125. Projected favorites, same as the Packers. Nine games that they are projected to be favored in. Their projected strength of schedule, 26th the 26th most difficult that's uh that's an easy schedule that's not bad which means if it's the 26th most difficult that means it is like the sixth easiest and that's based on what they did last season six straight win totals going over under last season uh they were under this should be an over by the way what i mean in that is it's over under over under over under last year was an under it's supposed I have to no be idea over. What the hell you were yeah. Doing. <laughs> Let me explain it that way. It, this year, based on the trends, they should be an over team, and I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you that's the way that I'm rolling with this. Uh, despite going zero and seven against the spread last season or to end last season, Zimmer still sixty eight forty six and three against the spread as the head coach of the Vikings. Defense was bad, but they are getting a bunch of guys back from injury, a bunch of guys back from opt outs, etc. And, uh, and the rookies that they had last season got a ton of experience, so that is definitely good. This is one of those renaissance kind of years where everybody's going to be glad to be back at home, I believe. The Vikings are going to be super glad to be back home. They went 3-5 and five at home last season. Before the 2020 COVID season, they had been 35-15 and 15 at home under Mike Zimmer, so I think that that's going to be a big deal. Uh, even with Cousins, Cook, Jefferson, and Thielen healthy, the offense was still only number 14 in non-garbage EPA last season, EPA per play. That's not great 
considering those are like the, the four horsemen for them. They were the fourth lowest pressure rate defense in the NFL last year. That is not good. They do get Hunter back this year, but they didn't bring him any help. And I don't know what that necessarily means. Can one guy be that effective? I, we will certainly see. Now, the question that we have is about Kirk Cousins, right? Does Kellen Mond end up taking over sometime in the season and help take the offense to another level? I I am leaning that way, but I also think that Cousins is not an awful quarterback, and I think that they have a an easy enough schedule. I've got this team going well over the nine. I've got them winning 11 games this year. I trust Zimmer. I like this Vikings team. Wow. So this, this is the biggest we disagree on. Okay. Um, I, I got this team eight and nine. Interesting. I got, I got them under. I got them losing record. Um, I, I think this might be the year where the Cousins experiment ends. And they go to Mon, and maybe Mon's just not ready. Not that Mon's bad, but just can't win games. I think they'll struggle. Um, I hope this defense is a lot better than they were last year. They're going to need to be. And they're going to need to run the ball, and they're going to need to control the line of scrimmage, and they're going to need to try to make big plays in the passing game. But if this team gets down by two scores, I don't know that they have the offense to ever come back and win that. You might be right about that, but when that's I when I look sca- at the schedule, that's what scares me. I I trust Zimmer enough to be able to get wins against a schedule like this, right? Uh, it's, hey, hang on, hang on, whoa, 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 stop! You're looking at the schedule. I didn't look at the schedule at all. I went and looked at the schedule to see who they're playing. But to look at the quote-unquote strength of schedule, strength of schedule is all bullshit. How many teams from last year are going to go from worst to first or not making the playoffs to making the playoffs? Every year it usually flips, okay? There's usually eight teams that don't make the playoffs that did and eight new teams that do make the playoffs. So so to look at strength of schedule from previous years' knowledge is all bullshit. You have to throw all that stuff out the window. That's the difference is I don't look at that and I don't care. You're not necessarily wrong about that. I, I do look at this, and I see winnable games on this schedule. And I well, think, yeah, there's a bunch of winnable games, yeah, but will they win them? I will think Kirk they will. Cousins throw the win? Will he throw the touchdown to win the game, or will he throw the the just blood-sucking uh, interception that actually just sends you just to your knees in tears? Because that's what he does more than anything else. I, I don't rely so much on Cousins with this team. I rely more on Zimmer's defense. And that I think that's, yeah, that's what it's going to have to be. Yeah. I think that's what it's going to have to be. For my projecting to be right, for my prediction, it's going to have to be the defense that steps up. And, and that's what great. it's been. Not, not, not good. Great. And, and here's the other thing. Zimmer, you got to remember. So I love, I love Zimmer. Love Zimmer. Okay? We know this. Okay? I've talked enough about it. Here's the problem with Zimmer. Zimmer's an old school guy. I do not see in him going to the young kid. I do not see in him want a rookie unless he has to. I don't think Cousins can play his way out of this position. I think it's a situation where it's a COVID situation or an injury situation that Mon has to come in and play. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They uh. They, so they do you have think a new. Uh, do you think? Do you think Cousins would be bad enough to let Mon play, or do you think it has to be an injury or a COVID? I think. I think if it's going to be early. It would have to be an injury or COVID. I think if it gets to be the middle of the season and Cousins has not been good, then I think Mond comes in and and takes this thing over. Like if they are winning, a very anti-Zimmer thing to do. 
Yes, it does, but uh, they do have a young offensive coordinator. Clint Kubiak is That's right. the offensive coordinator. So I do wonder if Zimmer is going to trust his OC enough to, to let him make it. that call. I was just about to say that. He's a young guy, and he might want to. Is he going to have enough influence to walk into Zimmer's office and say, we need to start a different guy? I think his, I think his dad might. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I'll, dad's not going to make that phone, dad ain't phone make call that for phone him, call. man. This is the big boys now. Yeah. Your daddy ain't picking up the phone and calling your boss. True. Okay? True. That's not how shit happens. Now, you you ain't wrong there. Anyway, so. I'm just I, – I love Coach Zimmer, and I like this Vikings team. I just don't trust Kurt at all. At all. I, I, I trust him to be mediocre, which has been good enough to win games and not lose them a lot of times. But when he gets down and has to score to win, he never does. He yeah. always throws the interception. He always throws the interception. It's, it's what made that Saints playoff win uh, for the Vikings a couple of years ago so unbelievable. Unbelievable. He, yeah. We, because we he, never, he never does that. He's done it once in his life, that one game. You got it. You and then the next it. week, what'd they do? What'd they do? I think they didn't score the first half. No, they did not. Against the Eagles. Yeah. It's it's insane, and I think that game was like thirty five to nothing going into halftime. It wasn't just didn't score, but they were getting their ass beat. Yes, yes, which is why I, people can't figure out the Saints and never have been. We're so. we're, we're, <laughs> we're 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 big different on that one. We're yeah, we are very big. I, hope, I will tell you this: I hope you're right and I'm wrong. Oh, well, this is this is like the Bears thing all over again. Like I hope that the Bears are good, but I don't see them being good, and I really think the Vikings are going to bounce back because last season was so ridiculous for them. It was not what you've come to expect from a, a Zimmer team. But there is a world where when they lost to Fansky to Cleveland, like that offense might have just gone with it. And and if the defense can't bounce back after last season, like they could be really bad this year. Well, I think the floor the might be like back. the floor the might be five or six wins. The game has become so offensive. Yes. It's not that maybe the defense hasn't bounced back. It's just that no defense can be that dominant in the NFL anymore. Yeah. Like, you need to be a good defense. You need to be a really good defense to slow these teams down. But there's not a lot of defenses out here that are shutting these teams down. And so you got to be able to score something. you got to be able to make noise somewhere. And Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson are great. But at some point in time, somebody else has got to do something. Because if you just got two guys you got to lock down, that ain't real hard for professionals. No, no, you're you're not wrong. So, um, so let me talk you through my, my my pathway of doing this, okay? Okay. I, over the course of four or five days, we'll, we'll look at the schedule. We'll pull up the schedule, and I'll say, I think they'll win this game, lose this game, win this game, lose this game. And I put a number down, okay? And then I look at it again and do it the same way, exact same thing. Every time, usually I'll always get different numbers, and, and I'll kind of go with what I think is more right than not, the highest number for this team was nine and eight that I came up with. I know that's I know that's rough. That's rough. The lowest number was five. Like that's, there's that's a what I'm world. Saying. There's a world where I think the wheels could fall off this thing. Which means I would tell you if that happens, as much as I love Zimmer, I'm not gonna love Zimmer anymore because he won't be there to love. No, I, there's there's a possibility that if things go really bad, like he yeah. he could be on the outs, which is that's right. And I don't want that. Think. I don't want that. I like him as a coach a lot. And I, I say, can't say I like this team. I like the Vikings and who they are. I just, man, they need a trigger man. And I, I'm with you. I think Mon needs to play. I and think so Mon too. Mon needs to play so you can know if we're bad, 
and we have a top eight draft pick next year, do we spend it on a quarterback? Mond has got a rookie quarterback's best friend right there in the trenches. He's got an offensive line that's pretty good, and he's got a hell of a running back. With hell of a running back. That's so, right. He can and lean he's got on two that. pretty good receivers. Yes. Oh, man, yes. He did. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, he's got K.J. Osborne, Didi Westbrook, uh, Chad Beebe. I mean, yeah. Amir Smith-Marset. Like, he's no. there's weapons. There's dudes. No, there's, no, this is not a bad team. It, it's just I don't know enough about this offensive coaching staff to see how good they are. So we'll just have to see. We will certainly see. I mean, these are just predictions. This is This is what we do. We're just having fun before the real games begin. All right. Is there anything else that we need to hit on? Has anything broken? Nope. That's it. I think uh, I think you're right. I'm looking at ESPN. Uh, Federer is out for many months. Packers say Love might be sidelined this week. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Uh, Tatis is back for the Padres in the outfield. Uh, just you know, all kind of all kind of fun stuff. All right. Let's go ahead and get out of here, guys. You can check us out at WinningCuresEverything.com. Everywhere you need to be subscribed. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. If you are watching the show on YouTube. Thank you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and the notify button for when we go live. And make sure and like the video. Share it out. Tell your friends. Jump in the comment section. We would love to hear from you as well. And the podcast, leave a nice five-star review and share that bad boy out as well. The numbers are picking up. It's football season. We are ready to rock and roll. The show brought to you by BetUS.com, where the game begins. You can use promo code NCAAF2021 to get a 125% deposit bonus. Now, that is Big time. And it is sports book exclusive, sports exclusive, where it's up to $2,500. You want to deposit $2,500, they're going to put another $2,500 plus an extra 25%. I mean, it's insane. So you can bet on everything at betus.com. And we highly, highly recommend link and promo code down in the description. So go ahead and check that out. And of course, Chris and I both do college football shows. He does one for sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. You can search out on YouTube and find it, SBR Picks, or there is a link in the description to subscribe to that channel. And I do one for BetUS, the BetUS College Football Show. The link is in the description for that one as well. Chris, this has been a lot of fun. It was a fun weekend, a lot of football. I'm ready for more. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get out of here for now. All right, you guys take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.